Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You have your host, Ryan McCarthy. And today we are joined by Kiani Mills. Kiani is the CEO of Imperial Property Conveyancing and Law. She's a business and mindset strategist slash mentor. She's also a podcast host of the She Can Humanize Business podcast. And she's also a global speaker around the purple pill. And within today's episode, we touched so much in Kiani's mission, her purpose, her why, and the whole story behind it because it's super inspirational. We also break down business and mindset strategies and talk about some of the common issues that are happening in society today. And Kiani also breaks down the purple pill because we've all seen the matrix or we've all heard of the red pill, blue pill example. But Kiani talks about the purple pill and the mixture of both and how we can have the purple pill in today's society. And it just, it makes such an interesting conversation. And Keanu is just full of wisdom and value. So I can't wait for you all to dive in and enjoy today's episode. In other news, you could please leave this podcast a rating. It means so much. It only takes a couple of seconds of your time, but it just means so much in terms of helping this podcast grow and reaching a larger audience. So thank yous a lot. But without further ado, let's welcome Keanu. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. The marathon continue. Victory lap tonight, though. Victory lap tonight. Welcome to the One Talk Podcast with Ryan McCarthy. The marathon continues. That's what you were saying. Say, say. Welcome, Kiani. How are you? Yeah, I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Thanks for coming down. It's um, really cool to see how many mutual connections <laughs> we have and mutual friends. When we reached out, I was like seeing all the mutual connections. I was like, this is mind-blowing how, how this oh. hasn't happened yet. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. And even like the way that we got the podcast connection, I jumped on your page. I was like, who is this guy? Let's yeah. check it out. And I was like... I know that face. <laughs> I know that face. I was like, I know that name. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, the universe's way of saying we need to be here right now. So. I was about to say, it's probably the beauty of the universe and the line to come to now. Mm. It's probably the right timing for this to happen. Yeah. And I like the fact that we're doing it later in the day. Mm. Nothing to rush with. Yeah. No worries. I feel really relaxed. So yeah. let's see what comes out. <laughs> I usually love like, because I know you got your own podcast too, and I usually love like recording the night time or like around this time. Because you've had dinner, you've been to the gym, you've got your work done, and now it's like you don't have any other worries or any other things thinking on your mind. You can kind of just unwind and enjoy the moment. Yeah, it's like all the boxes have been checked. Yeah. It's like, okay, what's yeah. left for me to talk about now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is probably the stuff that you actually want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and two, I feel like it's something about outside of business hours means you can like cut the business bullshit, mm. like, take that mask off, get out of the nine to five. You don't have to be proper as yeah. we were talking about before. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't have to, you know, you can mix it in whichever way you want to. Mm. Just be real. Especially at the end of the day too, because you've had like a full day of thinking, full day of strategizing, full day of creativity, however your day looks like. And by the time it comes to the end of the day, I feel like you have more ideas come up, more free flowing thoughts because your brain's already been processing all day. So true. Literally the car ride here. I tried really hard to do it in silence, mm. but I had a couple of phone calls and in between those I did and even the space t- for the thoughts to pop through. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's a really good one. Maybe yeah. I, sh- I should write that down. Like, Siri, yeah. <laughs> make a note. <laughs> yeah. So it's creating space where sometimes we don't get to, especially in the evening. I mean, I've got two kids and – 
yeah, we can have dinner and we tend to want to do something together or spend some time and go, oh, it's 8 o'clock, oh, it's 9 o'clock, oh, it's bedtime, let's go to bed. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to speak to an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Change it up a bit. (laughs) I'd like to start this podcast because I know, like, all the things you do, all the wonderful things, like you got your own conveyancing, then you also talk about the Purple Pill business and mindset. But I'd like to hear from your own words, like, who is Kiani and... What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) I get asked that so much and it's still a question that I I feel like I I make up the answer every single time. (laughs) But I feel like the um the easiest description is um my my life is is like a mosaic Mm. of all different colours and all different bits of pieces of a puzzle that tend to kind of like fill in together. Um, this year made it a little bit trickier to be able to answer that in a really quick sentence because my motto for this year was my year of yes. So I said yes to everything. So this year I've I've been to Paris and spoken on stage. I did my purple pill delivery on International Women's Day in Paris. Oh, I got to dance on a stage for dancing CEOs and raise $575,000 for women's legal services. I got to get my business to the highest revenue it's ever been in the lifetime. Like there's been so many milestones in those moments and speaking opportunities and retreats and meeting incredible people and taking holidays. And so for me, it's, it's been, it was always work first, everything else second. So I feel this year has been a, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Like, what am I going to be when I grow up? (laughs) I'm just going to try and test everything and see where it fits. So Yes, I've got the company. We do conveyancing and property law. I have my own podcast, um, which is fun. And then I do some business and mindset coaching. Mm. And outside of that, it, it really is what lights me up. Yeah. I follow that feeling in my chest. Mm. And if that feeling doesn't ignite, it's a maybe not a no, just a not right now. Yeah. And I've had a really fortunate year this year that my year has been filled with heart-glowing moments that have just – those pinching moments where it's like, am I actually here right now? Yeah. If I put this down on a vision board, I couldn't possibly have made this up. Like yeah. it just didn't feel real. So uh, it's been a pretty epic year, but I'm totally ready for rest. Yeah. The rest is calling and ready for rest. So this year, those three main kind of pillars have been the focus and then saying yes to everything. Yeah. Next year. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> see what comes about, see what feelings you get and what you feel more aligned to yeah. then. Yeah. Well, this this rest period, like, so for context, the back end of 2022, this time, like, it was towards the end of November, I sat down and I did my goals and my I planned out my 2023. And I already had the first seven months of the year booked. Okay. Events, speaking opportunities, travel, kids events, things like that. It was booked. So in that mentality, I was already going. Yeah. So now fast forward to 2023, I've got two trips planned, both to do personal development overseas next year. And outside of that, yeah. it's open. Freedom. I, well, I feel like this is the first time in my life where I'm not panicking. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing there. And I have full trust and faith that when that thing gets lit up for whatever that opportunity is that comes to me and goes, hey, here's what's next, I'll be like, fuck yeah, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> no hesitating, no second guesses, just a full-blown fuck yes. Yeah, how good. Yeah. Yeah, because I love what you said before too, and I think this will resonate with so many people around the concept of seeing what sticks or what fits and trying multiple things because 
when I started to get into the work and mental health and mindset, I had no idea that's what I wanted to do. But what I did was I remained curious, tried multiple things and see what really ignited me. Then through, do, through doing that and investing time and energy, I found the thing that gave it back to me, the energy that I wanted and that light that I was looking for. But it all started because I became curious. Mm-hmm. And I feel like curiosity is the answer to a lot of unknowns. I love that word. I really do. I did a presentation down in Melbourne only maybe six weeks ago or maybe seven and I opened up my presentation with I will ask one thing of you today and that is to remain curious because for a lot of people, especially in Melbourne in the corporate world and this was a corporate crowd that I was delivering to, curiosity isn't something that is familiar or their their nervous system doesn't even know what curious means. So from our childlike state that is constantly wrapped in imagination and creativity and, um, you know, having pillow fights and um, creating forts and all those kinds of things that our imagination creates, Mm. as we become adults, we lose all of that. So the idea of being creative for a lot of people is like those (laughs) airy-fairy people (laughs) that have no direction in life. It's like, well, no, actually, they're allowing themselves to be open to see what else is possible. We're so capable of so many things yeah. and we limit ourselves to following the line or following our parents or following what's the family tree or whatever it might be. It's, um, yeah, curiosity I feel is a really powerful world, especially word in the world, especially for those who maybe feels a little bit of resistance when they <laughs> think about yeah. being curious. 100% because like curiosity, once you start practicing it and then once you start delving into more things and learning more, you realize how much of like a superpower tool it really mm-hmm. is. Because before I was curious, I was more rigid and stubborn, let's say. Yeah. I was always struggling with like intrusive thoughts, but I was stubborn in not doing things like meditation because I had the idea that I was someone that couldn't meditate. But once <laughs> I challenged myself and I was like, no, let's become curious and find ways and meet people and learn yeah. from people that actually practices daily and let's see what they teaches and whatnot eventually mm. the intrusive thoughts went away mm. all started from my curiosity of taking the steps to find out what's on the other side yeah absolutely and mm. to me it's always been one of those pieces of compassion yeah. and i was exactly the same you mm. don't know any different yeah. so it's not that you're blinded or that you're less than mm. it's that in the society we're raised in we're raised in a certain way by the certain people who have also been raised in a certain way. We're just following patterns and indoctrinations that are out of our control until we realise that that's what's going on. And then we realise and we go, whoa, I can change. I can change. Because I don't know about you, but my mentality as a, especially like teen, early 20s, was I was born like this. I can't change. You either love me or you hate me. I'm not changing. And there was, there was almost no willingness to change either. Mm. It's like people who would accept that in me the way that I was, yeah. yeah, that's it. But I wasn't wrong or less than. It was that I just didn't know any different. I truly believed, like within the depths of my soul, mm. that this is the life that I was given, this is the life I was going to live, and I had no choice. Well, you're doing the best with what you could with the information you had at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's why people shouldn't like. If you reflect back on those times, you're probably grateful you went through that because it would have taught you so many lessons. The journey of the transition, like the amount of lessons you will learn that journey to make you who you are now, to now have the tools from that journey to show other people and to express to other people. 
has so much value about it. Mm. So like to be not harsh on your younger self, not have regrets or not have judgment on your younger self and really just remind yourself that you are doing the best with the resources and information that you have. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me beyond that was then going, ah, if I was doing the best with what I had, Mm. so were my parents. Yeah. Because I was really great at blaming them for everything. And what weight does that take off your shoulders? (sighs) Well, I guess also to becoming a parent. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there might be some things I do that are going to leave marks on my kids. Because I know for me that, yeah, okay, I had a challenging childhood and my mum and my dad did the best that they could with what they had. They parented me in the way that they were parented. Mm. Simple. I needed a different style of parenting. Is that their fault or is that me needing something different? You know, they didn't know and I'm too little to communicate. So now with with my children and, and my daughter's beautifully challenging in the most remarkable ways (laughs) Uh, but every time we have those moments I'm like okay she needs something different to me Mm. so if I'm parenting her in one way and she's responding in a totally different way Mm. okay it's not that I'm wrong and it's not that she's wrong it's that I learned one way she needs something different yeah it's okay and that's when it's going all right well let's talk about it (laughs) which for a lot of parents I know my parents grew up in a generation where that talking part wasn't a thing. Non-existent. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. a thing. They didn't even talk to each other, let alone have these conversations with their children. Mm. So I feel grateful where we are right now and for those of us who are capable of being curious and, and willing to be curious and, and, and have a look at the things that we can't control and things we can control and, yeah, have, have different conversations. Yeah, and growing up in the household with minimal communication in that aspect, like how did you go out there and really learn communication or how did you even embody it once you did learn it as well? (laughs) I really, I'm I'm laughing because I really truly, and I've said this forever, I put my social skills down to my time in hospitality and being a bartender. I was the best hostage negotiator in the world. Yeah. I could talk people in or out of anything and deal with people in different states, in different capacities, whether they're intoxicated, whether they were going through a breakup, whether whatever was going on, um, being able to, what I used to call being the chameleon. I've always been a chameleon of sense. I've been able to feel where people are at and kind of, is it time to make a joke or is it time to take this really seriously? And Mm. I kind of had that inbuilt in me, but it's only come to my awareness, literally through a conversation today with a beautiful girlfriend of mine, around when you are raised in a home and for me this is is me talking from my experience when I was raised in a home where communication wasn't great emotions were really heightened I was surrounded by really really emotional beings so my response to that was to shut down but I was really aware I was like that laser focused little little thing in the corner always kind of like monitoring where the safety zones were And so while, yes, I'm sure there's, there's definitely negatives that have come from that because I secluded and I, you know, little miss independent over here, I've shut people out and I've, I've done everything on my own kind of thing. Mm. At the same time, it did give me an incredible skill to be able to cultivate the awareness and mm. that like, the little spidey sense. Yeah. So again, it's like, okay, yeah, there was challenges there, but I've been able to find the little pieces that I can take from that, that have brought so much strength to my, my person yeah. now and through my whole life. 
Um, but that awareness piece and that really realistic notion of in the chaos, mm. I found safety. And that's something that's been able to make me who I am today. Yeah. The only reason I laughed and smiled then because I relate to that so much. <laughs> like, because I grew up, like, I'm from quite a rough neighbourhood in England and um, just dynamics within the home was quite chaotic. Mm. So for myself, I had to find ways to find safety in chaos. And when I got older, I came to the realisation that chaos was my safety net. Oh. Like, I resorted to chaos and I was like, no wonder my life's in shit. Because like high five me on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> guess, it was like the whole... Uh, journey of trying to find a way to make chaos not something i depend on yeah. instead finding other ways to operate in life so i'd like to ask you like how did you find ways to let me rephrase that so how did you find ways for the things that happen to you and make them happen for you mm, that's a really good one and it took a long time mm. it really did um i was quite self-righteous in my pain and I used it as an armour. Yeah. And when I was in survival mode, I survived in spite of those who hurt me. Mm. And I carried that like a – I was almost, I wouldn't say proud of it, but it's what gave me the motivation. Like if that doesn't kill me, look out, world. Yeah. you feel like it was also like an identity thing too? 100%. 100%. And this is where that kind of like independent thing came from as well is I don't need anyone – I, I, like and it almost beca- became like a badge of honor, yeah. Um, so it was realizing and and having a conversation through someone I'd just met who was like, "Oh, I thought you were a stuck-up bitch. You're actually really lovely." And I was like, "Whoa, wow!" So there's people out there that can see through my bullshit. Mm. There's people that can actually see behind the mask. Yeah. And that was really confronting for me because I didn't even let me see behind the mask. Did that make you feel unsafe if people could see through that? No, I was instantly curious. Oh. I was instantly like, well, if that's the way that you think, that means other people think that way. Mm. And if that's how I'm showing up, how am I leaving people feeling? Mm. And then the flip side is if I'm creating success and creating safety and giving my kids a beautiful, maybe not as beautiful life as I have now, but safety in 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 numbers imagine what i could do Mm. if i was aware of this and that was for me in that little moment of like this what if Mm. it was like the what if moment of my life that went okay you can you can do all this and be so ignorant to what you're putting out Mm. imagine if that mask comes down imagine if that armor just drops and you allow people to actually see what's in here mm. and what, did the, what was that feeling at that time when you asked yourself that it was really fucking scary yeah. really scary i think the biggest thing in that identity shift in that was like who am i mm. like if that's not who i am and this is a life that i've lived i truly believe that's who i was then who the fuck am i mm. and that's and what something a scary question to ask yourself too like who the fuck am i oh man and it's interesting too because that wasn't the first time i've asked that mm. like there was a layer that came off and I was like, oh, okay, I'm starting to find my feet. And then through COVID, I had to close all of my offices. Mm. And that was another layer of if I don't have offices, am I successful? Mm. I have an online business now. No one can actually see me. Yeah. Am I successful? Another layer. Who am I? Who am I if I don't have things to people see? Yeah. So there was that real like external validation that was coming. And if people can't see me, then... I'm a nobody. Yeah. Did you find you had to 
very define what success was to you. 100%. Yeah. And it's like, that was, again, like a, the death of my, my egotistical nature that I didn't even know was there. Mm. I always felt that I was leading from a place of care and that the benefit would just be returned to me in, in people telling me that I was great or, you know, being able to run a beautiful business and have these fantastic offices in beautiful locations around Victoria. But I realised when all of that went away, I was like, that's not what makes me successful. Mm. That's what makes me look good. Yeah. What is success? And that was where I found my – and started going down the path of the purple. Mm. What does success actually look like for me? And as a single parent with two kids running a big business, living on my own, yeah. success looks like balance. Mm. And not balance in a way that we have like you know rainbows and unicorns every day because that's not life. <laughs> balance in a way that I can create some form of harmony mm. in my world to let my nervous system drop, to let my kids' nervous systems drop, to let my business thrive without me holding it back yeah. and then allow that to be seen without any apology. Mm. So it was that real dive into self-love and, yeah, well, what does success mean? Mm. And to me it was harmony. That's a massive shift to happen. And I think you said before, like, it took a while, but I think too many people overestimate what they can do in the short term so they end up self-sabotaging then they underestimate what they can do in the long term so they don't stay consistent enough to get there. But like if you stay on the journey, you start seeing the results and usually you find out the end goal that you have or the end position you want to be at ends up being higher than you originally envisioned because <laughs> the person you start becoming and the people that you meet yeah. far exceed of what you even envisioned like to begin with. Absolutely. And that, that piece about self-sabotaging is a really, really good one. Mm. And I see it happen all the time and it happened to me over and over again. And um, I have a friend of mine who has recently spent like the last three months clean sober he's doing breath work he's doing meditation he's on a great path and then he had some triggers come up and he started to have a panic attack and he started to get really really worried and the thoughts were coming back and he was in that moment of time and I saw him a couple of days later and he's like oh this happened I was like what did you do and he's like I just breathed through it and took myself to the car removed myself from the environment sat there and he's like but these thoughts are just going backwards like he was really really scared to go back into that world and and that is a real thing like I don't know if enough people speak about that and I mean I still have fear coming up in traumas that happened to me 10 years ago when that situation is um what's the word when that situation is replicated those same traumas come up those same triggers are there like we're still I'm still that person Mm. but my, my little piece of, of advice for him was that I like to call these moments remembrances. Yeah. This, is, this is that guy up there, whoever's up there, tapping on the shoulder just to give you a little moment of remember mm. and whether it's to remind you of what you could go back to yeah. or to remind you of how far you've come. Yeah, and it might only be three months or three days. It doesn't – the time frame doesn't matter. Mm. But to see what's possible – and to see that whether it's a short time or a long time, we have that in us always. Yeah. You know, we're never going to not be that version of us. We're never going to have not experienced that. We're never going to totally clear these. And this is where the mosaic comes from because with between every single piece of my mosaic, there's a little crack there. Mm. And that crack will never leave. Yeah. 
but that crack is what makes me who I am. It's part of the art piece which creates you. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. yeah. But those remembrances, they're moments in time being like, Fuck, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's, that was me and that's how I felt and I never want to feel like that again. And then, shit, yeah, I've come so far. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you should be about far you've come. And I, mm. like, I relate to that so much because like, it's a powerful story and also with your friend as well. It's something I relate to a lot. Mm. Like you may not know I was a drug addict at the age of 11. I got sober yeah. at 18. I'm now 26, so I've been sober for eight years. But now when I have moments where I have those remembrances, I look at that as a way where it's like, cool, now I have the awareness of what I'm doing in the present moment and what I can do to make sure I don't go to that yeah. rather than having such an emotional attachment to it where it consumes me and I have fear about it instead mm. of something that empowers me because I get to reflect mm. and be very proud of myself. But also I'm like, cool, now it's given me the awareness of what to do and what not to do because mm. by living that version of myself, I knew what habits that got them there. I also knew what habits got them out of that as well. Yeah. It's also using both of those tools to make sure that I am staying on my path. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. Incredible. Well done. Yeah, That's thank you. absolutely remarkable. It's yeah, I've lived with a drug addict and spent a long time. Mm. Um, my kids' daddies still battle with it yeah. constantly and it's it's heartbreaking mm. when you see people who want to be able to create what you've created yeah. and the the dialogue and the the pain is just so real and so persistent mm. that it is easy to go back to what's easy. Yeah, 100%. And it's easy to give in to what feels like the op- the only option. Mm. Um, it's a heartbreaking journey for so many people. It's like it, act- it pains me so much that this is something that I don't even know what the statistics are, but I'm sure they're very high. Um, the people that battle with drug addiction or any kind of addiction at all, um, but as we know in that process, um, Gabor Mate speaks about it beautifully that, and so does Dr. Joe Dispenza, like the, the power of the mind is so incredibly profound um, if you're willing to look at the depths. Mm. And for me, the biggest part was taking responsibility. Yeah, that's huge. It's, responsibility, accountability. Absolutely. It's going, oh, shit. All of that happened. I made that choice, which led me to this choice, which led me to that choice, and this is happening right now. Whether it's happening to me, I still have a piece of it. Yeah. Even in moments of unconsciousness, even in moments where when I was 14 I had my drink spiked and I was mm. raped and that was my first experience with sex. Mm. And while, no, that is, that is a horrible situation to have happened to me, I chose to go to that party. I chose to be in that situ- in, in that environment around people who were drinking. Yeah. I drank that night. I chose that. Mm. So there are choices that I made that led me to that outcome. Yeah. And while that is a horrible outcome, there is that moment of me of going, okay, great, now I know that. I won't put myself in that situation again. Mm. I'll be more aware. I'll allow myself the grace to grieve the little girl that got taken that night and, and allow her to feel the pain. Mm. And for a lot of a lot of addicts, it's it's pain. Like it's real, real pain that, again, maybe passed on through generations or, yeah. you know, um, beliefs that have been given gifted to us mm. by by our big people in our lives. But yeah, it's a really 
It's a really scary space, but yeah. there is help out there. 100%. And I'm sorry you have to go through that experience, mm-hmm. but also, like you said just before too, like how much we're able to shift our mindset mm-hmm. and like our own internal dialogue by putting in the work and start practicing things or being around more impactful people doing more positive things. It really does show you that anything is possible mm-hmm. in probably your darkest time of your life and you reflect now who you are now to that person you've probably got past who you thought you could have been oh oh like Mm. i think that was the not the scary part it became scary in watching the transition and through that transition there's always going to be people that aren't quite comfortable with Mm. the rapid pace at which you're changing and so that always kept me quite grounded, mm. um, probably not in a positive way. Yeah. However, it got to a point where the girl that I saw, the woman that I saw in the mirror, I didn't actually even recognise. Mm. And that for me was a moment in time where I was like, oh, my God, mm. you, you, you are <clears throat> everything that that little girl wished you'd be and more. And I'm only 37, so I'm so grateful. And it's taken a long time. I actually had a mentor of mine about three years ago. Me and my, me and my nature, I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a goer. Yeah. I love my work. I'm very passionate. I love business. And I sat him down. I was like, right. And he was my mentor at the time. And I was like, right, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need this person to do this. I need to do this. He said, shut up. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, can you just sit for a minute? And think about where you were 18 months ago. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, this was happening and this was happening and this was happening and this was happening. I was like, oh, shit, was that 18 months ago? He's like, yeah. Mm. I said, 18 months ago, did you think you'd be here right now? Yeah. And I was like, I actually never thought about it. So was that your first time reflecting? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was the first moment in time where I was like, oh, I never thought about that. Wow, wow, wow. Come really far. Mm. And that for me was a, I've never done that. Yeah. And I realized after that moment that even when I'd work, walk from one place to another, I was walking with my head down, my head on my phone. Yeah. Even when I was driving, I had my sat nav on, so I didn't have to think about where I was going because I was making lists in my mind. I lived in Albert Park in the most beautiful suburb, in the most beautiful street, mm. but I never looked up. There were these realizations that I'm I'm not even living life. I was a human doing, not a human being. Yeah. And I was not being. Like no part of me was present because I was constantly on the move and constantly on the go. Mm. And it was him that made me go, mm, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> like stop, stop, stop. Think about where you are. Think about where you've been. Like yeah. think about that. And so that for me, since that moment, has become such a practice of gratitude mm. in the steps, whether they're micro steps. I had a great day today. Or my daughter gave me the most beautiful smile this morning. Mm. It doesn't have to be big, bloody mountains. The micro, to me, are the deeper feelings of harnessing those moments Mm. and then doing a little reflection piece. Yeah, I want to get to the reflection piece in a second, but I just want to say, like, how important is it to have people who are comfortable to tell you the truth, (laughs) like to actually sit you down and be like, look, this is my observation of what you're going through right now. And actually give you that truth rather than just enable your behaviour. Absolutely. Mm. And that's a big shift through the work as well. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, 
or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, there will become a time where you'll realise that there are people in your orbit that are not there for your best interests. And sometimes it doesn't have to mean I, I don't hate anybody. Um, there's only a very small couple of people that I don't speak to. Everyone else, if I bumped into them in the street, I'd hug them and say, how you doing, right? So it's, it's not cutting people out. Mm. Yes, we might have to set boundaries where there's no communication for a while. Yeah. However, if those people are meant to be, they will, they will stay. Um, and if they are there to support you, they may follow. Yeah. It's those little moments in time of realising that you're not losing anyone, you're finding yourself. Yeah, that's perfect. And there's nothing better than that. I love that because I had a similar realisation. I didn't have the one where it's you're finding more of yourself, which I love. I'm not going to steal that from now on. Do it. <laughs> but also the way I look at it, because obviously when I got sober from drugs and I didn't want to be around it, I had to find new environments. But I was still so connected with the people that I was doing it with because mm-hmm. they've been my friends for so long and – you know, they've never done anything wrong by me. It's always been super respectful. And um, one thing I told myself was that I've just got more to gain in life. Like for myself, yeah. I've just got more to experience. I'm not cutting anyone else, anyone else off. It's just I've got more to gain, more I to live. That. And that's a really beautiful, gentle way, mm. even through a conversation. Like, how do you, how do you oppose that? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. I'm going to pass that one on to my kids. Because yeah. so many people are you know, cut this person off, you got to cut these people yeah. off. But it's like the way I saw it myself, I was like, if I go back into the environments of drugs and I can't control myself, that's my fault, not theirs. Yeah. Like they can influence me as much as they want, but I still make the decision to do it. Yeah. So I'm like, at the end of the day, it's down to me to have the self-control not to do it. And, you know, there's only so many directions you can point your finger till eventually you get to a mirror that reflects back to you absolutely <laughs> yeah. and that's the that's the taking responsibility part mm. and being accountable for your actions yeah. the biggest thing that i the lesson that i teach my kids so deeply in every moment you have a choice mm. doing nothing is also a choice but you have a choice every decision in your life is a choice that you are in control of absolute control mm. so if that decision doesn't go to plan or if that outcome doesn't you know, end the way you want it to, trace back the choices that you made and decisions that you made because that may end up coming back to something that you need to change moving forward. So if you don't like the outcome, yeah. change the choice. Change something. Yeah. Yeah, because like all of this involves self-awareness, mm. but an extension of self-awareness is reflection. Mm. You talk about reflections before, so I want to ask like what's your personal way of reflecting like your own life and your own situations? Yeah, I'm one of those um, like covert hippie kind <laughs> that one of the first things I really gravitated to when I started on this self-discovery journey was the moon cycles mm. and through the full moon and the new moon. The new moon inviting in what we wish to carry through for the next cycle and the full moon letting go. And and both of those moments in time it's it's an opportunity to reflect on what are we going to invite in and what are we letting go of Mm. and sometimes they're big giant things sometimes they're little tiny things but they are all introspective Mm. it's not we're not letting go of cars or houses or we might be letting go of our attachment to superficial things beautiful but it's not a physical act it's it's a personal internal act and whether you resonate with the moon or not, there are so many other ways to do it. Mm. 
But for me, it was purposefully making a point in time to invite in new and let go of old and give myself a real purpose to be reflective. And I mean, New Year's is a great one that's all over everyone's lips at the moment, but I would strongly recommend that you're doing it at least monthly, really, because so much can happen in a month. Yeah. Oh, how quick time goes, especially when you're very productive and doing things, especially when you have kids as well. Like there's so much things happening, the Mm. business, kids, and then your own self and like time will go so quick. So like monthly audits will be so (laughs) important. I used to have a thing called like a fortnightly audit. So every second Sunday, I'd audit myself, like my own positive thoughts that I had and negative thoughts that I have, or like helpful or unhelpful. Mm. Now I'd pinpoint where they stem from, and then I'd try and figure out and investigate and do this whole thing while I'm sitting in solitude. But doing that every fortnight really helped me keep self-awareness to make sure that I'm not, one, forming habits that are going to be destructive. Mm. And also, two, make sure I'm actually on a path that does align with my mission, vision, and values, mm. which is mm. so important. So beautiful. And it's something that, like, whether you do it fortnightly, monthly, like, mm. just one's better than none. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether it's a, a moment of gratitude every morning before you open your eyes, what am I grateful for? Just, like, by thinking about what you're grateful for, you're thinking about everything you've got. Yeah. And even that is a moment of reflection, mm. reflecting on what you have and whether it's being grateful for your feet to be able to mm. walk or your eyes to be able to see or the hug that you got before bed last night. Like mm-hmm. It doesn't, again, it's it's your your list. Yeah. But doing it from an emotional perspective, I think that's a really beautiful thing for those that are ready for that. Mm-hmm. It's um, the deeper you look and when you are on that track of wanting to create momentum, momentum, momentum is, I feel like for me, was, was the key to success mm-hmm. in my inner peace. Yeah. Because as triggers or negative thoughts would pop up, mm. why? Yeah. And where? Mm. Why is it popped up? Where is it coming from? What great questions ask. Yeah. So simple, aren't they? Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rocket science. But it's like, why is it coming up and where is it coming from? Because mm. everything we're feeling right now in this moment is simply something in us from before. Yeah. Nothing's new. It's coming from an abandonment wound, a wound of fear, mm. um, so many different things generally linked back to childhood. Mm. So having just a simple awareness piece. And it might even be, where's it coming from? I'm really hungry. Yeah. I get, I get like hangry. So it's like, I'm hungry. All right, great, go eat some food. Yeah. <laughs> and then go back and tell me if you still feel the same way. Like, yeah, it's the awareness piece. Reflect mm. on further than, and again, start it simple, really, really simple, but when you start to go deeper, mm. those simple, where's it coming from and why, they just, yeah. they're just, they're the easy ones for me. But like you said as well, like you said, your list, like you got to find what works for you and yeah. what helps you really reflect, mm. you know, deeply within yourself. Because I remember when I first started the journey of like mindset and like self development, I was copying other people's routines and I was like, why is this not working? I get oh, so frustrated. No. But then, I started trialing loads of different things. I'm like, these three things work perfect for me. Yeah. So I'm going to do these three things and that's what I'm going to do. And exactly what we were talking about earlier mm. with trying things to see what fits. Yeah, It's like everything. Mm. I say to all of my clients, before you add on a new product or you use a new system, trial a few. Very, very rarely do we get it right first time. Yeah, Very rarely. And it's the same with life. For me, it was 
the moon. Yeah. yeah, great. Then I went down the path of reading like a star signs and then I was looking at spirituality and all different gurus and the way that it worked. I was like, oh, that resonates from that and that from that and that from that and that from that and boom. Yeah. This is what I appreciate. Mm. But the person next to me might be totally different. Yeah. And that's absolutely okay. Mm. But when you give yourself permission to be curious and start to kind of like dig around and see what else is there. Yeah. I honestly feel like since moving up to the Sunshine Coast, I'm like, this whole spiritual world is like a bit like an underground world. Yeah. It's like we're not like gangsters or anything, but we're kind of gangsters yeah. in the spiritual world. <laughs> Every single For person sure. I speak to does a new modality or a different kind of ceremony or a something, and I'm still blown away by all of the different modalities there are and opportunities there are to explore yourself Mm. so that's a good thing about like experiencing things too Mm. you learn so many different like it could be just like meditation but there's like a million ways to do it so everyone's got their own wisdom and their own also experience through life that's worked for them they found a way to formulate into a meditation then when you go to like an event or a retreat you go deep within someone's own personalized tailored version of it Mm. It feels like you get something different every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm absolutely, I totally agree with even with breath work. So every single breathe is different. Mm. It depends. And also, too, it depends who you are going into it. Mm. Who you are going into meditate will bring up different thoughts and different patterns and different sympathetic nervous system responses. And yeah, yeah it's like exciting almost. It's like, oh, <laughs> what's it going to be today? What we're going to learn now. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's going to come up? Did you ever, because like I want to know, have you always been quite spiritual or is it something you came into your life over time? Yeah. No, I definitely wasn't. I was um, very corporatized. Mm. If that's a word. I'm live, I'm, it's a word now. Um, I was very like blue pill, very structured, very corporate, nine to five, work my way up the ladder. I can't change. I won't change. I was born like this. That was very much, I was a fixed mindset human However, I was always had that. I knew that the way that I was going to not be in the situation that I was in, which you grew up in Liverpool. Yeah. I grew up in Frankston. Yeah. Frankston's like the Liverpool of Melbourne, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it was just getting out of Frankston. Mm. And I knew that I had to work. So work, 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 work. That was all I wanted to do. Mm. Um, I didn't find spirituality until I was around 30 years old. So it's been about seven years now and by 30 there was a lot of shit I had to tunnel my way through Mm. and it's still going. It's definitely still going. Um, The challenges and the tests and the opportunities that arise Mm. every day, (laughs) it's mental. Mm. Um, But it was something that I found at the time that I needed to find it. Yeah, I feel like that's how it always happens. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I vividly remember there was one time, I actually don't even remember what the circumstances were, but I had put myself in the bathroom. I was hysterical on the bathroom floor in the fetal position, like crying. And I remember like looking up at the roof being like, mm. what have I done to deserve this? Like, Why am I going through? I'm a good person. Like, I was just like, why? Like, I give up. I don't understand. What? What is it? And I mean, my daughter came and knocked on the door and she's like, Mommy, are you okay? And I was like, no, mm. I'm not. I'm really not. Yeah. 
I'm like, I have done so much. I've done everything I possibly can. I'm pushing so fucking hard. And it got to that point in time where I was like, there's got to be something else. Mm. Like, there's got to be more to life than this. Yeah. This can't be as good as it gets. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like when you first found spirituality, I'm curious because with myself, I only found like the spirituality type world. And so I practiced it. Was at the start of COVID, like right at the start when shutdown happened, because a group called Call to Be Conscious, if you've heard of them, they first started up in the Sunshine Coast back then. And that's when I first found meditation and breath work. But some of like the deep meditations I was going on and the vivid experiences I was having, like just blew my mind. And then each time I did like a, an event or a retreat, I went a whole completely different experience and it's opened up so many doors. There was a lot of pain to shift through, but it was a blessing in disguise that I was shifting through pain because the person that was creating me to be. But for yourself, like what was the beginning of that journey? And like what were the practices you're doing to actually experience spirituality? Mm. Mine started through a beautiful practitioner down in Melbourne. Mm. Her name's Emanuela Giroto. She's a transformational therapist. Mm. And she's specialised in trauma. And I'd seen psychologists in the past, but I hate talking about stuff. And especially like I'd walk out, I'm like, I feel like crap. I've literally just like dumped all of my crappiness on this woman. And all she's really done is just listen and hear and like Mm. make me feel better in my pity. I didn't feel like there was much movement, if that makes sense. But with the transformational therapy was um mostly feeling more heart-led where are you feeling it in your body and how what does it feel like what does it look like what shape is it all those kinds of things it was really identifying the pain the story was what ignited the pain but it was the physical reaction to the pain that we then worked on to shift and i realized that at the age of 30 because I'd been so blocked and in survival mode for so long, Mm. the only two emotions that I knew were ecstatic of highs Mm. and borderline depression. And in between that, this thing was like that coat of armour was solid as a rock. Like nothing's getting through this. It's like I'm either feeling like I'm jumping out of a plane or laying on the floor in the fetal position saying, you know, what have I done? Mm. And that for me was like, whoa is this normal? Yeah. And no, that's not normal. <laughs> but for me, I didn't know any different. Yeah, it was normal for you. It was time. normal for me. Absolutely. And again, I'm a highly functioning, I don't know, like a ball of mess. <laughs> did you feel like you never, like in your own mind at that time, did you feel like it's because I never had time to stop? Because I was trying so hard to escape certain things, whether internal running, or external. Yeah, I was running from the saber-toothed tiger yeah. from like 10 years old. Yeah, so no time to stop. Nah. Mm. And stopping meant thinking. I don't want to think because I don't want to feel. Yeah. No thanks. Well, I'm stopping gonna... is the, the feeling of it's going to catch you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. keep going. Time's going to run out. Mm. Time was a really interesting one for me for a really long time. Mm. Driving places, I was like anxious because I was wasting time. Can't yeah. waste time. Sitting still, idling, yeah. you know, feeling content. I was like, huh. I don't want these things. Yeah. But as we did the work and as we went deeper into where the feelings were, I was like, oh, oh, that's loneliness. Oh, shit. Like mm. feeling loneliness for the first time, that was one that marked, like scarred me mm. because I'd never known that I was lonely before. Yeah, I'd never, ever, ever even considered that I was lonely. Mm. 
And when that one came out, that was that was literally like the floodgates. It's a dark feeling. Oh, man. And for someone who my fear was that once I started crying, I'd never stop. Yeah. And that was – it sounds stupid, but it was such an irrational fear. I'm like, I don't know what's underneath this. I don't know who she is beneath all this hard exterior. Like, what if I don't like what's underneath it? Yeah. Um, so as we went through the, the feelings and the emotions, and it was literally like sticky notes on me in these sessions. I'd walk out covered in sticky notes trying to yeah. pinpoint where those emotions were in my body and what they were mm. so that I could recognise them when they came up. Mm. Recognise it. Ah, why is that there? Oh, where's that come from? Mm. Cool. All right, take note of it. Yeah. And then I'd go back to a session with Manuela and be like, okay, so this has popped up and this has popped up and this has popped up and we'd start to work through it. And for me, it was a massive, massive process of doing that over time. And once I really started to acknowledge that I had feelings and could feel beyond my ice queen demeanour. You're allowed to feel. Yeah. I was like, okay, so what else is there? And then I met Carlo, who introduced us, funnily enough, down in Melbourne, who was running cacao ceremonies. Mm. And for me, I wasn't drinking at that time. I had a real moment in time where I was like, oh, my God, am I am I an alcoholic? Mm. So my challenge to myself, the next morning I woke up, I didn't drink for eight months and that was my challenge to me. I was like, okay, great, tick, not an alcoholic, lovely. (laughs) But at the same time, it gave me an ability to go, well, what do people who don't drink do with their time? And I found cacao and that was a really beautiful, is a really beautiful heart-opening medicine Mm. that allows you, allowed me to start to feel my heart because that was the very last piece of all the little sticky notes that was still locked in this giant-ass box Mm. that not even I could get to. Yeah, I'd feel sadness and I'd feel grief and I'd feel all those things, but feeling my heart, that was like... Was it like finally finding the key to the lockbox? Oh, man, yeah. yeah. And then like pulling out all the cobwebs and all the shit and all the – like literally having to like dig with – dirty my nails to try and find it mm. um it was a it was a challenge and i feel like a, a one that i will you know maybe not that it's the same thing but as we always have that kind of battle within us i feel like my battle will always be me closing my heart yeah. so it's that practice of opening my heart leading from the heart every single day in every conversation mm. leading with kindness and just letting it feel safe and that for me was one of those moments where that's success Mm. that for me is more successful than any of the big shiny glitzy things in the whole wide world well the source of life i believe is love Mm. i believe that's when things truly blossom for yourself but also everyone around you and one thing i believe is like if you want to see more love in the world you gotta be more love So it's like having those reminders or finding ways to remind yourself, like, I need to be more loving in this situation. Like, where can I catch myself out where I may be judging this person or I may be judging myself and how can I actually leave from a heart-led place? And by doing that, you see, like, how much you start feeling, like, content with yourself and, like, at Mm. peace with yourself, like, with your own soul once you start feeling more into the heart. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a sad one. When, my, when I realised that I hadn't been leading from my heart or felt my heart, the mm. sadness did kick in of like, how many other people don't? Yeah. The reality of, again, the world that we live in. But I heard this really great thing. I can't remember who said it. 
but it was though there are there are two types of people in the world those who are seeking love and those who are giving love mm. so when we look at someone who is maybe a little bit challenged or coming at you mm. needing something from you they're in the seek of love so mm. they're needing you to give them love so that they can feel full mm. however when there's those who are able to meet you with mm. love in whatever it is that you're going through they're leading with love mm. and that's them being able to hold it and that for me made me look at others with such compassion mm. and like I had a little incident in the supermarket this morning with my daughter yeah. where this gorgeous little old lady I went down the, the aisle and my 11 year old daughter is bigger than me like she's tall she's got big feet she was in the trolley <laughs> and it was hard to maneuver so I just kind of pulled my trolley up this lady was looking in the shelf and we weren't in a rush so I just kind of waited and let her do her thing and as she kind of glanced at me out of the side of her eye, she started to let hurry and move out of the way and I went past and I said, thank you. She's like, oh. uh, what did she say? She goes, um, an excuse me would have sufficed. Mm. I was like, oh. And my daughter looks at me and she's like, why did she say that? Mm. And I was like, again, that compassion piece, I was like, Maybe she's not getting enough love somewhere. Maybe she's missing her grandkids or she's missing her daughters or maybe she's not enjoying being alone at Christmas or she doesn't want to be at the supermarket at 7 o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on for her. But in that moment, she was seeking love or coming from a place where she's hurting because she doesn't have it. One observation for your daughter to have as well, to see you respond in that way. <laughs> That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, she was she was confused by it at the start because of the reaction mm. and to me my a big motto in my life is you know actions and words. Yeah. Our actions and words need to match up. Yeah. Otherwise we're a little unaligned. You have to dance together. 100%. Yeah. They definitely do. And so yeah, with the kids it's if I'm be kind, be loving. Mm. I, it is my, my job and responsibility to lead by example in that one. So, But that was a really beautiful moment in time for her to be like, why would she say that? Like she was genuinely confused by it. Mm. And so it's then going, we don't actually know what she's going through right now. Yeah. It makes so much sense too, especially the love aspect. Have you heard of a guy called Bishop Ma Mari Emmanuel? No. No. So he's like a Christian leader. He's a Syrian, but he lives in Sydney and he preaches at a Christian church down there. And I heard him talking about... If you reflect back, and he did a bit of a case study on some of the most like quote unquote evil people mm. that have lived in um, like in the past around the world, and one thing he pinpointed in every single one of them is that they all lacked receiving love when they were a kid, mm. and it shows that if people receive love, and like that lady in the shoppers um, when you saw her in the shopping center, and you gave love or you responded with love, or maybe you didn't action it but just energetically mm. you didn't respond out of mm. like a nervous system response. Yeah, the reaction. Like, exactly. Like that probably kept her calm and made her mm. think when she left or pushed her trolley yeah. away. You know? Yeah, and that's for me in that moment as well. It's like she didn't even hear my thank you mm. because she was already coming at me with her assumption of what how that situation was going to play out. Yeah. And again, she might have had an experience where someone had impatiently waited for her. You don't, you don't know. And this is, for me, the biggest part when we go out into the world, we don't know what other people are dealing with. Mm. We don't know what's happened to them five seconds before we bumped into them. We don't know what they're being challenged with at the moment. Mm. And this is where the leading with love and being compassionate for others is a simple state of 
they must and, – and, again, for me it might be a little bit of a cop-out, but especially when it happens at work and we have a someone call in a cranky mood or something like that and for me it's like, hey, is everything okay? Is there anything you need from me? Yeah. You know, what's going on? Mm. Like thinking about the fact what's going on in your world yeah. that you're feeling that way that this is how that you would speak to somebody because mm. that's not a happy person. No. And the thing is too, like if you want to – if you want there to be a change in the world, like you have to be the change yeah. within yourself. Because the only thing you can truly have control of to an extent is like your own reality and your own perception of reality as well. Mm-hmm. So like if you put the work into yourself and you show up as a different person, you start showing that love, mm. it's going to express and it's going to attach and stick to the people around you, yeah. whether it's strangers or people that you know. So if we all start with ourselves and show up in the world as that, we'll start to see like our environments will get changed and the ripple effect from that will be in the community <laughs> and the community will expand out even further. And that's a beautiful thing. That's so true. I'm giggling because I was literally going to go, the ripple effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's it's little things. So another thing that my daughter and I do all the time, especially with people in cars who look mm. frustrated or impatient or especially around Malulabar, they're waiting for car parks all the time. So we just look at people and we smile at them until they smile back. Yeah. <laughs> I did it today in the car park and mum someone looks at me and she's like, did you get her? I'm like, she smiled. Yeah. <laughs> so it's those moments of just, yeah, be be it and yeah. do what you can. Mm. Like it, people feel that. People feel the light and are drawn to the light. And as the conversation we are having before about when we start to do the work and we start to uncover parts of ourselves and we make shifts in the right direction – we have to sometimes let some people go along the way. Mm. That energy that we're putting out that is cleaner than it was before mm. will attract people of a different vibration. Yeah. You'll start to attract the people who are doing the work, who are willing to have the deep conversations, who mm. are willing to talk about their struggles and not just put on the mask. And you find, as you know, one of the first things I said to you when we walked in here was like, good people know good people. Yeah. And you follow the chain of good people. People always make mistakes. Absolutely, we're not perfect. But good people know good people. So. Yeah, and then that's the power of networking too. Like you meet one person, who do they know? Who does that know? And then before you know it, it's like a tree, like a million branches on it. Yeah, you never know yeah. who they know. And this comes back to my point before around don't ever cut anyone out. Mm. Uh, most of my clients now are kids that I went to high school with. Some of my best referral partners are kids that I went to primary school with or I never thought I'd see them again. I bumped into, I was in Sydney at Tony Robbins doing Date With, no, um, Unleash The Power Within earlier this year and bumped into a boy who was in my sister's class in high school. Mm. I'd never met him. Yeah. He knew exactly who I was. He knew my sister. He was chatting and everything and now we're doing business together. Yeah, well. I'm like, never would have guessed it. Yeah. But if I was a bitch back then or yeah. if I was nasty or if I'd made enemies... Yeah. May not have happened. Mm. So you don't know what is going to be created. Everyone comes into our life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like books. We've got different chapters. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. And who knows what chapter we're at. Yeah. And I love how you said before, like a simplicity of just smiling. Because like when you think about sharing love or doing mm. a good deed and whatnot to make someone's day, you don't have to go out there and change the whole world. You don't have to go out there and do like the million things. A simple smile is all it takes. Because like if someone smiles at you straight away, like you just want to smile back. Like it just feels natural. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it it does. Like it takes more muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile. 
Yeah. So make someone else's day a little bit easier. Yeah. And give them a little smile. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I want to I want to transition now into purple pill. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do it um we're laughing because this was originally where we we're going to start yeah that's all right i like yeah, this. i love the uh, rabbit hole we went on there. <laughs> we don't cover it so much. i love it <laughs> so to begin with someone like myself i said to you before the podcast and i think the listeners would resonate with the way i was i didn't know what purple pill was because mm. you've heard of red pill you've heard of blue pill everyone's seen the matrix or oh, many people have seen the matrix but red pill and blue pill but what is purple pill or maybe even like briefly touch on red and blue for people yeah don't know. yeah i'll do the analogy and there's there's parts of it that i've already touched on so mm. you will resonate with a few things that i've said a little bit more now but for me this concept came to life around that time where i had that kind of sliding doors moment of what have i done to deserve this like surely there's got to be another way yeah. and the concept is in line with the movie The Matrix and in that movie Neo is the main character mm. and he gets propositioned with an option of taking two pills. The blue pill will leave him plugged into The Matrix, he will remain ignorant and he will be stuck in the rat race and his life will not change. Stuck. Born like this, nothing's going to change. Or you can take the red pill, you will become or you'll come unplugged from The Matrix, mm. you will see behind the veil you will see everything that you refused to see before mm. but you can't unknow what you know yeah. and the concept in the movie for me was very very obvious that for the life that i lived i grew up in the blue pill world mm. and the blue pill for me was corporate world stuck in the mindset running from my head there was no fucking heart at all mm. I was running on success, power, ego. Everything was external validation. Yeah. Those people make me feel good, so I am good. Mm. If no one's telling me I'm good, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And that mentality of that radical freedom, meaning viciously independent, wanting to be the one on that hill all by myself because I didn't trust anybody else, because I didn't let anyone else help me, because I didn't believe that anyone else was capable of doing it the way that I could do it. Yeah. It's that really kind of like righteousness in the ego. It's And I use the word radical because we've all got an ego. Mm-hmm. Ego's never going to leave us, right? Yeah. We need that thing. Yeah. But in the blue pill world, it's running. Like it's driving the car, it's steering the ship. It is in full control. It's the captain. 100%. <laughs> and it's shouting orders, not just at you, but everyone around them. And it is a really dark place to be. You don't know you're dark. <laughs> you don't know you're in it. So it's it's not like it's um, it's not like it's a painful place at the time. But for that moment, it's again, it's ignorance. Mm. It's unknowing. You you don't know there's another way. So you're stuck. You feel really stuck. A lot of people in the blue pill will have somewhat more of a fixed mindset. They will get stuck on tangents. They will be pointing fingers elsewhere. They will be laying blame on others. They're those pure kind of narcissists, right? Then as I went through my journey and realised there's got to be another way, I found my red pill, which was the deep dive into spirituality. Mm. And to me, the, the red pill being spirituality is because we start to look behind the curtain, there's a big curtain between the blue pill world. People start to question the government. They start to question rules. They start to question what we eat, what we see on the shelves in the supermarket, how we heal our bodies. Western medicine all of a sudden is 
the devil. Like the red pill world is a very much a let's lift all the bullshit off. Mm. Here's the truth. Becoming curious. Absolutely. Mm. And and for me, the journey into the red pill, I like I dove down the rabbit hill, rabbit hole of speed and expedition of uncovering every single trauma. It was like I became addicted to the healing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Great, let's fix it. Like, you know, I've got to be fixed because there's something to fix here. But in the red pill world, yes, we're, we're, we're coming into a space of calm. We're removing the ego as much as we possibly can. We're leading from a place of our heart. We're finding stillness. We're finding meditation. We're finding ways to ground ourselves. We're bringing ourselves back into the planet and the earth and the solar system and, and human beings in this world, human doings, human beings. So we're slowing, but it's not all roses on the red side. There's there's the radical side of the red side, which is our radical empathy. Mm. And that radical empathy means that we carry shit from others. We take on the world's problems. We become really caught up in the – and again, like while we're over here worrying about the world's problems or creating the world's problems – we're over here protesting and we're over here creating movements that are supposed to be gentle but they're radical in nature. Mm. And so there's still a radical element to it. And I don't know if you've experienced this yet or not, but when you're in the spiritual world and you start to see the world for what it is, it's a very obvious place when you can then start to see it in others. When you start to see people and you go, oh, they're acting from a child wound Mm. or, oh, that's an abandonment wound or whatever it might be, there's a phase where you want to just fix everybody Mm -hmm. and you want to go, hey, I can fix you, let me fix you, let me fix you, like they're a project. And then you're like, okay, that's not being received very well, let's pull it back a little bit. But then that observation can turn into judgment. Mm -hmm. They're not willing to work on themselves. They're not going to look under the covers. So where we've got a full-blown narcissist over here, we end up with a covert narcissist over here, right? (laughs) So they've both got positives because we create money and we create success and we've got big companies and businesses, stillness, gratitude, love, heart-centred, but they both come with their radicals. And it's a bit like, um, I know you had Travi on the podcast, I haven't listened to the episode, I will though, where the boys go into talking about the masculine and the feminine quadrants, Mm -hmm. right? Similarly, we've all got shadows, so we've got our blue pill and our red pill, our positive and our negative. I got to a point where I got so deep in this that I started to lose all this. Yeah. My company started to go backwards. I had no control over my finances. I was I literally took my eye off the ball. Mm. And then I landed in this space of having to be one thing on this side and one thing on this side and it became the challenge. It was like, holy fuck, who am I? Because I'm wearing these two hats. Mm. I walk in my house and I take my shoes off and I'm calm I walk out my front door and into my office and I'm boss bitch mm. and I couldn't be truly authentically me. Yeah. And there posed the next challenge of who am I, what world do I fit in? Mm. And that was the question. Why do I have to be both? I relate with that. Why can't I find yeah. my beautiful mix of my drive, my passion, my dedication from my blue mixed in with my compassion, my empathy, my love from my red mm. – and create purple Mm. and it's my unique purple that's no one else's and it's made up as I said before with my spiritual journey it's like it's made up of a little bit from here and a little bit from there and a little bit from there to create that ball of harmony Mm. that keeps me balanced and be able to live in both worlds and not compromise who I am ever Mm. 
I have solid boundaries. I have unapologetic non-negotiables and they all sit in here for both sides of the fence. They don't change based on what world I'm in. Mm. I show up as me and since doing that, these worlds, again, it's like the the healing journey, like they're better than I could have imagined. Mm. But it was me being clear on who I am Mm. and what I wish to be in that purple pill world and making sure that my dedication now is to remain in that purple pill world. So it's like, take, I'm choosing the purple. Yeah. Choosing the purple every day. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love this because when you started, when I started researching purple pill, now hearing you talk about it, there's so many like light bulb moments clicking off for me because when I got sober, it was very much like go, go, structure, do this, do that. We're going to chase this, go chase that. And then when I started to practice like meditation when COVID first hit, it's like I got the red pill. Yeah. That went super left. <laughs> and then uh-huh. I lost all my drive, lost yeah. motivation. I just became like a super airy fairy type of person. And I was like that. I lost really a lot of my fundamentals, which got me to that point in the first place. So I'm like, well, who really am I? Am I this person that's super driven nonstop? Am I this person who's super relaxed all the time? Look like I'm stoned, even though I'm not. Yeah. And, it's like, <laughs> who am I? and it's like, no, you're both of those versions of yourself. But it's like, how can you find a dance between the two so you truly know who you are and what you can do yeah. with both of them as well? And once I start doing that, I can go to the gym and then be like super like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And also after it'd be like the very emotional heart feeling yeah. guy. But it's a dance between the two. And when you said purple pill, it makes so much sense because we don't have to pick one or the other. And it's leading to a question I want to ask is like, why do you think people feel like you have to pick the red you have to pick the blue, you have to pick the left, you have to pick the right. Why do you feel like that is? Oh, the, the most simplistic answer is because that's what we've been indoctrinated to believe. Mm. We really have. And it's against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. look at it. It's it's even in our like government space, it's mm. liberal versus labour. Yeah, it's all tribalism it's, mindset. It is, and, and it's a hierarchy system. That's the the way that we've, we've hey, look back to wars. Mm. We have to choose a side. And in the world that we live in, the corporate world don't respect the spiritual world. Mm. Spiritual world don't respect the corporate world. There's a divide. Mm. And when I became aware of that, that was when I changed my business model. I changed the way that I taught. I changed the way that I behaved in both worlds because my my goal now has been to create a bridge Mm. because you can do both. And that's where I'm like, I'd like to think that I'm living proof of that. And for those who wish to be, I finally hit it really well. Um, <laughs> you did really well. Narrow that minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, for those that wish to be in that space, it is possible. Mm. And it is a dance, though. That's the perfect way. Like you're going to step on someone's toe every now and again. Mm. And you're going to go, oh, God, that doesn't feel good. That's a boundary. Wow, well, great. Okay. Yeah. It's a learning. It's like everything. But you, I would say that there's got to be a level of, of understanding of, of what you don't want. Yeah to be able to decide what you do want and then find that beautiful flow between them both. Because to be able to walk out of the gym and into a loving embrace with a partner and have a deep felt conversation, Mm. what once upon a time, and I'm I'm sure you would have felt this as well, that that would exhaust me. I would have been so exhausted from going from 100 down to like 10 Mm. and then I'd be like, oh, my God, I've got no energy left. But if we're constantly running around the like – 70 to 30 mark where we're like flexing between 
like a wave. Less of a drop off. Yeah, that's the balance for me. It's not a straight line. It's not 50 50. Mm. It's between a 70 and 30. I don't want to hit 100. I don't want to hit zero because mm. that was where I lived before 100 and zero. That was the, the benchmark, right? Yeah. And then sometimes we went to 1,000 <laughs> and sometimes we went minus. But for the aim of life, it's, well, as I said, life's not linear. So why are we trying to create balance? Yeah. It's not going to be balanced, but it's going to be your version of balanced. Mm. Especially when you've got teenage kids. <laughs> yeah. I like you said too, because there's got to be some things that do work for you or that you do agree with. Because, like, you can't just follow the one side, the antenna blind, though, the things you don't agree with, because the things that you do agree with, they are also agreeing with that. Mm-hmm. Then you also tend to blind eyes to the things you don't agree with, just because of the sake that they agree with the things you agree <laughs> with. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm, I'm getting to this with like politics as well. Like, yeah. Because, like, you could support policies on both sides. Yeah. Then you could also not support policies on both sides. And it's like, why can't we bridge the things that we feel like will work and combine them together? Like, why pick one side and then the other things that that doesn't work, but they have loads of good things that do. Yeah. So why can't we take the, both the good things and connect them together? We, we need to bring the purple pill concept mm. to those people. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Can't we just bring it all together? Yeah. Create harmony? I'm going to paint this wall purple. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the world would be a magnificent place, but they probably wouldn't make as much money. So, yeah. you know, they were, I don't know how long we'd last in the White House, but yeah. that's okay. But look, for me, it was a, a place of safety. Mm. It gave me an ability to be able to set boundaries, which was something that I wasn't great at and something I'm still learning how to do. Yeah. Um, be able to know what my non-negotiables were. That's a big one that mm. when people ask, they're like, where do I start? I'm like, start by writing your list of non-negotiables. What are your non-negotiables? Uh, for me, it's kids first, yeah. non-negotiable. Lead with love, non-negotiable. Kindness always, non-negotiable. Mm. And respect. Yeah. To me, they're more like their values as well as non-negotiables because, yeah, they can be moulded to different circumstances and situations, but... It's that, you know, honesty, integrity, mm. trust, just be a good human. Yeah. And you think of like, because I love that because you're keeping it to four. You yeah. know, you're not trying to complicate, trying to chuck a million things into it. Because yeah. if you have those four core things, everything else will be an extension of that. Absolutely. Like love, if you leave with love, that's one of your core ones. It's like, all right, what's an extension of love? Mm-hmm. Happiness, gratefulness. Then yeah. um, also people around you, environments. Like there's yeah. so much that extends from love. Yeah. Well, extend from respect. Well, extend from this. Like yeah. from having four core things, the extension of the rest of them follows through. Absolutely, and that's exactly what I came to a very, very long realization of. Yeah. Of that, depending on who you are and what you value, a bit like our emotions. Yeah. We have two sets of emotions: fear and love. Mm. Everything comes from fear and love. Mm. Everything. Yeah. So therefore, all of our life experiences, you know, communication can fall under. Love. I want to communicate in a loving way, mm. but I also need to be respectful. Yeah. So it, it can be as perfect or as convoluted as you wish, but mm. again, it's like keep it simple. Yeah. We don't need an army list long of things that we don't appreciate. And the non-negotiables for me, it took time, but again, once I could feel what it felt like in me, mm. you know, pretty quick when it doesn't feel good. Yeah. There's your boundary. And that's it then, having an honest and loving conversation that, hey, that didn't feel great for me. Mm. Um, this is why and this is where it's come from. Yeah. And I'm just sharing with this, this with you so that we can create a middle ground. Yeah. You know, those conversations don't have to be a, 
You stepped on my boundary. <laughs> <laughs> you stepped on my toe. You're supposed to be my dance partner. Yeah. No, it's it's loving. It's In really loving. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Literally, because like how are you meant to resolve anything, whether it's internal conflict with your own mind, if you don't find middle ground with yourself, or conflict with other people or things, if you don't find the middle ground because that's when you can actually start asking quality questions. Because if we're in that fight, flight, or freeze, the sympathetic nervous system response, we're not going to get the answers we want and we're going to become stubborn. We're going to stick our feet in the dirt mm-hmm. and we're not going to give in. Throw the, throw the toys out of the car. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're ready to meet middle ground, you're going to be so much more open-minded and then you can find a solution. And that's where the word curious comes into, I think it's a beautiful book and I can't remember who wrote it, but it's called The Four Agreements. Yeah, um, the biggest, the, my favorite in there. Don't make assumptions. Mm. A lot of the conflict around communication comes from assuming what the other person is going to feel, think, or say. Mm. And by being curious, especially if it's an opposing opinion to yours, yeah. instead of again going blue pill, no, I don't agree with it. Mm. Bring in a little bit of red and go. Oh, interesting. The word interesting is a really great word to spark curiosity interesting tell me more about that Hmm. or interesting i wonder how they got to that conclusion or i wonder what they were thinking in that moment like the word interesting allows the curiosity to open up Hmm. and for a lot of people that's that was how i started to recognize how strong my blue was Hmm. for how many and little things right little things i thought i was afraid of heights so anytime someone would say something afraid of heights no can't do it my feet hurt my feet hurt i can't do it I'm not afraid of heights. Yeah. But I was so adamant that I was. Like a conditioned belief. Absolutely. Mm. Because when I see someone like on the edge of a cliff or something, I'll get like tingly feelings yeah, on my same. feet. Yeah. So I associate that with me being scared of heights. But I'm like, mm. I can go on a plane fine. Yeah. I can climb yeah. anything fine. Mm. So this year, my year of yes, I've booked to go skydiving in February. How was it? I had no this February coming. Oh, coming, on. <laughs> coming, yeah. Because I was like, I'm not scared of heights. What am I doing? But my blue pill was so adamant, mm. you are. And so it's finding those little fixed beliefs that might be little, but they might be big. Yeah. And then when you're confronted with them head on through other people's opinions or beliefs or experiences, mm. it might be real for them and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's okay. Because I've got, I've got one more question, especially because I think, I think we touch a lot on curiosity, which I love because it's actually a big topic that I've been exploring lately myself mm. as well. And I want to see what it is for you that helps you implement curiosity or what did help you at the start. Because for me, when I wanted to implement curiosity more, because one, a podcast, I interview so many people from so many diverse backgrounds, mm. but also just so I can like, have more curiosity around for myself. Mm. So one thing I did for me was I identify beliefs that I have and then I try and investigate why I have them. Yeah. So if I catch myself out like with a like a stake in the ground. I'm like, this is my belief. And I'm like, wait, why do I actually believe right. that? Did I adopt that from someone else from their lived experience and their lived experience made me have the belief because of that? Yeah. Or was this actually a belief I um, formulated myself from my own experiences and my own feelings? Yeah. And once you truly understand that, that just triggers more curiosity. So 100%. I like to ask, like, what, what was it for you or what is it? Yeah. It, it, for me, it was those two. It's like why hmm. and where. Yeah. And... The limiting beliefs was a mm. really big one. Yeah. The list of I am. Mm. Because I guarantee you, we all start with, I am slow. I am fat. I am ugly. I am worthless. I am useless. I am blah, 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 blah. Mm. 
very rarely do people start with, I am beautiful, I am amazing, I am loving, I am kind. Mm. So identifying our limiting beliefs and their limiting beliefs is because they're the ones that make us stop in our tracks or the ones that create that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to be like that. And then the path. Why do I feel that way? Why do I think that? Why was that? Why was that my automatic response? Mm. Why did I go to say no to that? Why did I go to question that? Why is my heart racing? Why is my body shaking? Like yeah. that that curiosity can start any conversation. Mm. You've got to be willing to hear the answer though. Yeah. And then the extension of that, which you touched on, was the power of your words, mm. how you talk to yourself. It has so much of like the of a weight that holds behind it. Yeah. An example would be gym. If I tell myself like "fuck, I don't want to go to the gym," I have to catch myself out. I'm like, don't tell yourself that because you won't go. <laughs> yeah. And then how hard is that gym session? Oh, it's the worst. So it's yeah. like find a different way. It's like I'm gonna kill this gym session. I'm gonna have yeah. a good gym session. Like just changing your language can change so much for your own existence. It's a massive one. And again, communication. If you're communicating, could you imagine? If you had a conversation with someone mm. and told them everything you said about yourself, yeah, that'd be a really horrible conversation for them Wouldn't to hear. Friend, probably. No, you'd no. probably get a punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and when we start, that was for, for me. The realization was like, oh shit, I'd never say that to anyone else. Mm. Why the hell am I saying it to myself? Yeah, I'm the only one of me. There's only one of me. And at this point, I was like, no one's coming to save me. Right? Yeah. It's just me. Why am I putting myself? into such a deep dark horrible hole it's almost like i'm guaranteeing my failure yeah by telling myself how terrible i am Mm. yeah it's a little bit great when you prove yourself wrong until the next thought comes it's going to knock you back down again Mm. the the way that we think and the way that we communicate the way that we think about ourselves people feel that yeah 100 i really do and you think it's oh it's just in my head no one can hear it they can see it they can feel it they can absolutely sense self-doubt self-hatred self-judgment yeah so it's not as hidden as everyone thinks no it's not i think when you had that realization it's such a good thing because then it comes back to what you talked about earlier when you said the exact same thing from your own experience where other people can see that from in you then when someone saw past the mask absolutely now it was something that sparked a change Mm. absolutely and that I, I really wish that if I was told earlier what I just said then, how you might think it's only going on in your head, but yeah. everyone, like people know, mm-hmm. I really think I would have snapped out of it a hell of a lot earlier. Yeah. And because for me, I was running in my blue pill world, mm. I cared so much about what everybody else thought. Yeah. So if that was my driving factor, then fuck it, who cares? Mm. If that's what it's got to be, that's what it's got to be. So if there are people listening who do care about what other people think of them, then know that whatever shitty thoughts you're telling yourself, it's showing. Yeah. So catch it, change it, give yourself a break. <laughs> give <laughs> I yourself agree. a break. It's, it's, yeah, this is where, you know, value of mine is kindness, mm. not just with others. Yeah. It starts here. With self. Yeah, Absolutely. I was about to say, that's a beautiful way to end it. But I want to ask, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, look, it's been it's been a really beautiful rabbit hole of conversations too. As I said to you, 
had no idea what was going to come out of my mouth. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I love those ones. It's beautiful. But I think the only thing I would just remind, it's it can be dirty, it can be icky, it can be dark and it can be pretty confronting. But I just, I bring it back to simplicity. Like it really does, it can be really simple Mm. if we let it be simple. A thought can just be a thought. A feeling can just be a feeling. Yes, there might be an opportunity to go down the why am I feeling this and the where is it coming from to understand it. It's not to then put yourself through the shame or the guilt or the pain of reliving it. Sometimes it is just simply to acknowledge and go, oh, thanks, Mum. Love you. Great. Now I know where it's coming from. Now I know that when that trigger pops up, this is just something that's unresolved with me not them so yeah simplicity and give yourself a break (laughs) yeah beautiful well thank you for Kiani thank you Kiani (laughs) my pleasure it was great it really was yeah thanks guys please check out what Kiani does everything is in the show notes but we'll catch us next time thank you beautiful